for some of you, uh, your, your prayer was just answered. You were like, Lord Jesus, can I please sit down for a minute? So he said, yes, he heard you. He heard you. Carlos, he heard you. He heard you. Hey, we've been walking through the book of Acts, and I don't have a, a sermon prepared today, but I did want to just read some scripture. I believe with all my heart there's power in, in worship and singing. There, there's power in praying. There's power in the word of God. There's power in the spirit of God. And if we ever get to the place where we need more than that, then we've missed it. If we've got the very presence of God, his spirit, his word, prayers of his people, man, we've got what we need. We can be overwhelmed with the gospel message that we're loved, that God is pursuing every single human being on this planet that he came, that he lived, that he died, that he rose from the grave, that he ascended into heaven, that he poured out his spirit on the church, that he literally indwells your body with the very presence of God for those who have called upon the name of Jesus. It's overwhelming. That never gets old. That's not something that's like, okay, cool, what's the next chapter? Like, no, that's, that's a lot. That the very presence of God is pleased to dwell in you. I was talking to our team before this and I was just thinking about being grateful for the cross, being grateful for the blood of Jesus and the blood that he shed for you and, and, and thinking about what that means because if you didn't grow up in church or if you don't know what that means, it's kind of a weird story that a dude claimed to be God and then he was crucified and died and that somehow there was like power in his blood. You guys hear that phrase all the time, there's power in the blood. Well, what was the power? It was, it was the currency of God that literally bought you back, that, that cleansed you from all unrighteousness. So much so that now your body is so perfect, so cleansed, so righteous, so holy, that the very presence of God is pleased, the scripture says, to dwell inside of you. I don't know about you, but that's overwhelming to me. I don't always feel worthy to house the very presence of God. My thoughts, my actions, my tongue sometimes, it doesn't seem that way, but the gospel trumps my doubt. The gospel trumps the, the lies, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation. The powerful blood of Jesus was shed that you might be cleansed from all unrighteousness for all who call upon his name. You don't have to work, you don't have to strive, you don't have to do anything but call upon his name. And it says he'll save you, it's, it's overwhelming. It's why we weep when we worship, it's why we sing, it's why, like Corey said, that he's worthy of our praise, it's overwhelming. So I just wanna read some scriptures today. We're in Acts 12, I just wanna continue kind of in the narrative to set us up for next week. There's a king named Herod who's trying to stop the movement of the gospel. If you remember, Jesus sent his spirit on the church at Pentecost. The, the church was born. Peter was preaching. Thousands were getting saved. The Holy Spirit for the first time was indwelling, like literally living in people. The gospel was boldly going out. We see it now begin to spread because Jesus said, I want you to go into the world and I want you to preach the gospel. And you're going to start in Jerusalem, and then it's just going to spread over the entire earth. And so we see it beginning to, to move. 
And the king of the day didn't like that there was a new king on the scene that was trumping him in all authority and all power. And so he started persecuting the church. It says that he laid violent hands on some that belonged to the church. That it says James, the brother of John, he was killed with the sword. So he's literally murdered for his faith. And then Peter continues to preach and he gets Peter and gets wind of it. And then he, it's thank, thank God it's a festival. So he at least had enough respect for the traditions that he wasn't going to kill a man during a, a festival or a holiday. And so he puts Peter in prison and he's waiting for the holiday to be over so that he can put him in front of the people so he can publicly murder the apostle Peter. Verse 5 of chapter 12, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayers for him was made to God by the church. That's what we want to do tonight. We want to have earnest prayers. We want to believe in what we're asking of God. We want to come tonight with expectations of what he's doing. The church was praying for Peter. They were begging God to intercede for the apostle Peter, who loved God, loved people, was radically just following the spirit and preaching the gospel. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. The centuries before the door were guarding the prison and behold, an angel of the Lord. Sorry, I just messed myself up. I hate technology sometimes. It says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and he woke him and he said, get up. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel of the Lord said to him, dress yourself, put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap yourself in your cloak and follow me. And he went out and he followed him. And he did not know that what he was doing was being done by an angel was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, it says, when he had passed the first and the second guard, they came to an iron gate leading into the city. And it opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and they went along the street and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, now I am sure that the Lord has sent this angel to rescue me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary. Listen to this. The mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where they were gathered together and they were praying. They were literally praying for Peter. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came and answered. Recognizing Peter's voice in her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. And they said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and they were amazed. A couple things I want to pull just out of this and then we'll go right back into just some time of prayer and, 
and worship. But I'm thinking about Peter, and he's sitting in a cell waiting to die for the gospel. The people of God were earnestly praying for him, believing that God could move, or they wouldn't have been doing it. You don't stay up all night begging God to do something if there's not just a little bit of faith at least that he's going to move. And the very night before he's to be killed, it says an angel comes, light on the, in his cell, knocks him on his side, get up, get dressed. He thinks he's dreaming. Then he just, the, the chains literally fall off his hands and he just walks right through the guards. Like I can just imagine him having like an out-of-body experience just looking at the guard as he just walks right past. And then he walks past the second layer and then it says he gets to the gate of the city and it opens on his own accord. He literally thinks he's dreaming, thinks he's having a vision. He stands outside the gate and then the angel leaves and he comes to his senses like, oh my gosh, God just saved me. And I just wonder for you, what's your jail cell tonight? What's that impossible circumstance in your life that you feel like tomorrow you're going to die? What are those chains that are holding you back that you think will never leave you? Who are those guards in your life that you think it's impossible to get past them? What's the gate that's locked and shut and keeping you out of the place that God has for you? Then he's freed. He realizes he's freed, so he runs to his friends who literally were praying for him. God, save Peter. God, move in power. God, lift the chains. God, open the gate. God, shut the eyes of the soldiers. Free Peter, God, we know you can do it. Rhoda comes to the door. Peter's knocking like, bro, please let me in. And I love it. She said no and just like went back, so I just can't even imagine what he was thinking. But they're, they're, they're earnestly praying. God moves in a miraculous way. And then they don't believe it. They tell Rhoda she's crazy. They tell Rhoda it must just be his angel. They're literally praying, God set Peter free. So he sends an angel and literally frees Peter. And then he shows up and they don't believe it. And I wonder how many times... We claim to be earnestly praying. It's like practical atheism sometimes. We say we believe in God, but we don't live as if he's, if he's legit or real at all. Do we believe that God can break chains? Do we believe that God can blind the enemy so we can walk right past him? Do we believe that he can on its own will, the gate can open and you can enter into wherever it is that God is sending you? Do you believe that you have friends that love you and are staying up late praying for you? But do we believe that God's going to actually do it? I hate when I ugly cry. It's just ugly. But do we believe it? Do we believe God can move? And so I don't know if you feel like Peter tonight, just bound and, and imprisoned. 
I don't know if you feel like the church that you've been praying and just don't see God move and so we've kind of lost faith. But I want us to just hear the word of God that he's faithful. That when his people pray, when they believe, when they earnestly seek his face, that he moves in power. Have we lost sight of the mystery and the power of God? The God we serve speaks and universes are created. It says he sits enthroned above all of heaven and earth. All power, all might, all authorities, all darkness, all evil, all kingdoms, all kings are his footstool that he is ruling, he is reigning, he is almighty. That's the God we worship. That's the God who is madly in love with you. That's the God that is pursuing you with the truth of I love you and I came and I lived and I died and I, I rose from the dead for you so that you can have eternal life. But God's been putting something on my heart lately about the gospel. Your response to the gospel is not just a hope that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. Eternal life begins the moment you say yes to Jesus. When your dead soul is awakened and resurrected from the grave. Then when the Holy Spirit of God came to live inside of you and started pouring out his power and pouring out his gifts and pouring out the fruit that's coming out of you. God does not want us to just walk around in this life waiting for something else. No, Jesus said the kingdom is now. When Jesus told us to pray, he said, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's worship. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven, like heavenly realities can come to earth. That's the kingdom of God. That's what the kingdom of God is, the very presence of God, the very ruling and reigning of Jesus. It's overwhelming. Like my face is hot right now, it's overwhelming. That's the presence of God. This is why we want to strip it down and hang some janky lights up here. We just want to rest. We want to know that he's good. We want to know the love of the Father. We want to believe that chains can break and, and, and we can be freed from our sin and our guilt and our shame and all of the pain and our story, all of it. We can literally lay it at his feet. That's why he came, so that we can experience the kingdom of God. And so I hope that's encouraging to you. If you're here tonight and you've never called upon the name of Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit is working and moving. It's not up to me to be a good Jesus salesman to convince you to know God. The fact that your heart is beating inside your chest, like what's happening, that's God pursuing you. That's God saying, I love you. That's God saying, I choose you. All of your junk, all of your mess, all of your mistakes, all of your sin, I love you. And I wanna rescue you and I wanna save you and I wanna cleanse you and I wanna live inside of you. And I wanna gift you and empower you to build the kingdom of God and experience the very power and the presence of God. So we're gonna pray. Our prayer team is all around the room, standing at the stations. If you need prayer, this is why we're here. We didn't set this up so we could show off this cool little fake piano that me and Corey built this week. It does look sick though. 
We came here to pray, like really pray. Because there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on in our lives. There's a lot going on with our kids. There's a lot going on with our marriages. There's a lot going on with our families. There's a lot going on with understanding just our, our purpose and our reason for even still breathing. Some of you literally don't know why you're here. But it's because God's madly in love with you and he wants to, he wants to just overwhelm you with his love and his presence. So let's earnestly pray. But let's actually expect God to move. Let's expect the angel to actually show up. Let's expect the chains to actually be broken. Let's expect the soldier's eyes to be blinded so we can walk right past the enemy. Let's expect the gate to open up and let's believe that when we pray, God is listening, God is hearing, and God is moving. So whatever it is you need prayer for, if your body hurts and you need healing, ask our prayer team to lay hands and pray for you. If emotionally you're just a wreck and you have fear and anxiety and worry and emotionally unhealthy, just ask our team to pray for you. If your marriage is falling apart or relationships are shady or if you don't know where your next bill is going to be coming from, like pray to God and ask and believe that he can move. Humble yourself before the Lord and ask for whatever you need. Jesus said, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. That's not a beg. That, that's, that's us asking God to provide what we need. Jesus taught us how to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some of you feel trapped in sin, trapped in your minds, trapped in your thought, feeling like you're never going to be able to put that thing down. You've bought the lie that you're just enchained and that they're never coming off that you've been marked for life. Have our team pray over you and believe that God's gonna remove those chains. Physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. Ask God to just move and believe that he's here. In the kingdom of God, there's no death. In the kingdom of God, there's no sickness. There's no tears, there's no fear. We can live in the reality of the kingdom. And yeah, there's an element of right now, not yet. Yeah, we've got a future hope of Jesus is going to return. And Jesus is going to wipe out sin and death once and for all. And Jesus is going to redeem his bride and take us to the most fantastic banquet we've ever seen. And we're going to be in his presence for all of eternity. But don't wait for that till you die. If you wait till you die, you miss the gospel because he wants to live inside you today and tomorrow and the next day because the light of the world lives inside of you and we live in darkness and we need to illuminate our cities. So we're going to pray. We're going to earnestly pray and we're going to believe. So if you would stand, I'm going to pray. Just move around. If you don't want to have our team pray for you, pray for one another maybe. Um, I'll be up here if somebody wants to pray. We've got prayer team members literally standing all around the room. We're just going to take a minute. Jason's going to literally play and just pray and believe. So let me just ask for God's presence right now as we move. Father, we need you. Holy Spirit, overwhelm us with your presence. Holy Spirit, just open our eyes, open our ears, soften our hearts, God, that we would receive your love tonight. 
God, if anyone in this room is lost, I pray tonight they would be saved. God, if anyone in this room is sick tonight, I pray they would be healed. God, if anyone is in this room and they're wrestling with doubt and fear and anxiety, God, I pray that you would move in a mighty way. God, as uncomfortable as we might be right now, give us boldness, give us humility to stand before you and say, I need you. Give me my daily bread. Lead me not into temptation. God, give us humility to pray. Every one of us in the room, we need prayer. We're not good. We need your presence. We need you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, in this moment, when we just stop, when we just rest, when we pray together, God, give us faith to believe in supernatural things that don't make sense. Let us think we're seeing visions and that we're dreaming, but know that your angels are moving, that your spirit is moving, that your power is present. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's move around and pray.